Welcome to The Rock Fight, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. I'm Colin True, and today on the show, we're going to get into some branding moves that come out of the outdoor industry in the past week or so with a brand and marketing expert. But before we get to that, folks, it's October, which means you can earn up to 80% when you consign your unnew gear with Gear Trade and get cash money with the stuff you're not using. So this weekend, when you're pulling out the last of your Halloween decorations, also pull out that unused stuff, head to GearTrade.com and click on the Sell Your Gear tab to get started and get paid with GearTrade.com. All right, let's start the show. So I'm here today with Booth MacGyver. Now, Booth is not widely known in the outdoor space, but he is someone I consider to be kind of an inside of the inside, uh, on the inside of the inside when it comes to trade shows and brand criticism. His voice was only just starting to be heard on platforms like Twitter and Instagram uh, when he was attending shows like Friedrichshafen, Ispo, an outdoor retailer in the 2016 or 17 range. He's been on a bit of a sabbatical since then, but there have been some recent news. There's been some recent news in the outdoor industry that I wanted to talk about here on the show. Uh, and luckily, Booth has agreed to join me. So, Booth, welcome to the show. Happy to be here. Good to be back on the brand critic bus. Where uh, where, where, where can we find you these days? Where, where are you at? Are you at a show right now? No, no, Colin. I'm really not going to shows these days. I uh, spend my time at a hotel near the airport and, like I said, trying to stay on this bus. Uh, it, it's an actual bus. It's a decommissioned green tortoise that used to run from Portland to San Francisco and stops in Eugene and Ashland. But... Uh, no, now it's just outside of a hotel. So it kind of a van life situation? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Hashtag. So, Booth, the main reason I wanted to start having a creative and branding authority on was there was news this week around running shoe brand Innovate's branding overhaul. And for those who missed it, uh, it's a 20-year-old running brand, Innovate. It's changing its name. And it seems like a little thing. It's Innov-8 currently, I-N-O-V-8, and they're going to I-N-O-V-8. Uh, and frankly, I wasn't even sure. I hadn't heard of Innovate. I mean, I, I have heard of Innovate. I haven't heard about them in a while. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Um, but before we get into the changes themselves or or even to get into the changes themselves, like, what do you know about Innovate? You know, as there, would you have impressions of the brand? What are your impressions of these changes? You know, as you kind of take, what what do you, what is your thoughts on the topic? Right, right. C- can you believe it's been since 2003 that Innovate with an eight has been here. I, I mean, it's really a long I, time. I never thought it was that, Montreal. I feel like they were almost like a Montreal competitor, like back in the day they, I remember when they came out. They were, frankly, I never thought they would make it out of 2008, but uh, really that's a, that's a good run for them for sure. Um, and, and I was intrigued when I thought that the 20 year old core brand uh, would cast off two decades of equity, frankly, and do the English language a solid um, and that their name could possibly finally match their functional beauty of their product. I mean, I was really, I thought that was really cool, but uh, no, they did not <laughs> so do you're this. You're saying you don't like the name Innovate is what I'm getting, guess what I'm getting from you right now. You haven't been a fan for the last 20 years. Well, let me, let me say that uh, I have a problem with the headline as it was written, because to your point, they just removed the hyphen from the Innovate with an eight. Right. Um, so that's not really changing of the name. Um, but they did change the logo form. Uh, it's a condensed sans serif. It's sleeker. It's faster. And uh, it definitely, uh, you can tell it's going to look good on the side of a, of a shoe. Um, and the Talon, the new Talon logo, um, also, is uh, it's it's fast. I, I like it. I have to say I like it. Um, but the real story here is the Talon because it's going to look a hell of a lot better on the side of a shoe than, uh, I don't know how you describe their 
previous logo, a cutesy hanged hand. Well, it was a foot, was right? The, yeah, was right, right. Yeah. So I, I think they've really got got something there. Um, but you know, there's always you know good and bad. You know, the new the new logo, the new talent does look a little bit like the uh, the helmet uh, icon for the New England Patriots. And maybe if that icon had gone through the multiverse, um, but. Uh, you know, normally <laughs> I'd be think that's a great way. That's a champion. Uh, that's a champion level uh, um, logo to mimic. But this year, I'm not sure that's a winning strategy. Well, yeah, you're a few years late. If that's a, if you're if the flying Elvis was your inspiration, you know, you're about you're you should have before before Tom Brady left. Would have yeah, been a good right. I, I'm not sure the Pats are going to take you to the podium this year. Uh, so so overall, my verdict is mixed on this. I think the updated letter forms of innovate with an eight are, are definitely more contemporary. And, and like I said, the talent icon is going to look good. So overall, well done. I, I have to say um, well, to your, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, and I realized the ship has sailed, but I, I think they did miss a real chance to, to shake up the footwear category and integrate their talent with their actual brand name, you know, something like talent eight yeah. or Eagle eight well, <laughs> or maybe beak to beak. I don't know. I think there's, there's a you make a. It's an interesting point because because oh, the, the name itself. When I saw the headline, I thought the same thing. I saw it. I'm like, oh my god, Invades is changing their name. It was you know, and I don't know if that was the way their PR firm wrote it, or if that was SGB or whoever I saw wherever I saw the article. But it made me and and it's funny you as you're talking, I and I don't know maybe because it was at a time when they were de- when they debuted that we didn't consider some of these things as we would now, but like. What does the name innovate's a weird name for a footwear brand to begin with? Like what is, you know, innovative about what you're doing? Is there significance to the number eight? I'm assuming there had to have been in those initial shoes. I mean, I, I don't know. That's a great um, point. You know, I always assumed that they were just trying to be an aspirational beacon for runners to reach the eight minute mile. You know, that's something yeah, that, but, you know, <laughs> limits of human endurance. Um, but then yeah, that's I, what my kid in like middle school runs is the eight minute miles. <laughs> but then I realized <laughs> if you wanted to do that, it would have to be in a four or in a four yeah, or right. in, a, in a 350. I don't know. All right. Well, that's innovate. And the other one, news that came out this week, uh, kind of stalwart outdoor brand Mountain Hardware. It's another brand that got an update this week and they enlisted, enlisted the help of a New York based uh, creative agency called Gretel to both freshen their consumer facing website as well as celebrate their 30th anniversary. Uh, Booth, have you seen this update? If so, you know, what are your thoughts on what uh, Mountain Hardware is doing? Yeah, I have. I have. And uh, they, too, have cleaned up their word mark. And it, it, it is more contemporary. It's, a, you know, sans serif mountain with the handwritten, you know, hardware that we expect. Both are improvements uh, for sure, especially the hardware. Uh, you know, I've never really been down with the, well, how do you call it? A, a wolfman scratchy claw. I'm so 90s font that the hardware has always been written in. It just felt awkward. <laughs> um, I mean, look, I, I'm definitely, the 90s gave us some great fonts like Blur and Backspacer and Moray and you know, Ray Gun Forever, Colin, Ray Gun Forever. But uh, I've also, uh, They've given the nut icon a more angular haircut, which adds to some clean symmetry in the mark. And again, I don't really know how I feel about having a nut as an icon, but uh, it doesn't seem right. But they don't—they make it work um, for sure. Yeah, it's kind of been that way since the beginning. Yeah. I mean, it's, now this is the second time you've mentioned Sans. I'm not a font guy. I mean, is this is Sans Serif a, a typical outdoor brand font? Is that something that you've noticed? A Sans Serif is a typical, let's call it modern font, right? It doesn't have the little curly mm. cues on it. It's angular. It's right angles, you know, horizontal lines, vertical lines. And that's how we get modern. 
um, for sure. And uh, they they did that with the the mountain, and it, it looks good. Again, when you look at it, it does not look dated in the way that the uh, the previous mark did. Um, but they didn't just stop with the logo. Is that something you look for when you're looking at like a, you know relevancy in a brand? Like on, seriously, like when it comes to like fonts. Does that matter? I think it does because you can even have a a logo, let's say, that evokes a time past and still make it have a contemporary sense. Even brands like Nike and Patagonia and ones where we feel like their mark has stayed basically the same, they haven't. They've been they've been chipped, they've been cut, they've been angled, and just little bits that give them a more contemporary feel, even though they stay still retain the uh, original uh, shape that they came from. And so I think those, the best kind of refreshes are ones you barely notice along the Mm. way, unless you're trying to make a real definitive statement, like when we were talking about innovate with an eight and redoing your mark and your logo. Um, So they were trying to do more than just kind of update where mountain hardware is clearly trying to keep that vibe, but modernize for sure. Um, But, you know, they did more than just their logo. Um, you know, it's the typography that they're using. It's their photo direction, their color schemes. And, you know, they've updated their their new products by making them look like their old products. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the biz, we call that modern vintage, Colin, or retro style. Um, we also call it cha-ching because yeah. <laughs> that sucker sells every time. Wait, what is vintage? They're um, 30 it, years old now. Is, it, is that vintage? Or when does vintage start? What is the time frame when vintage actually starts? Well, uh, I think technically vintage starts at 25 well, years, so they're, well, you know, they're well into it, right? That's right. That's right. Well, it's interesting, um, though. You mentioned that, like, is it the cha-ching, right? Because hardware was acquired by Columbia in 2003, and that was still a time when outdoor brands were incredibly relevant. They weren't all owned by other people. But then kind of pretty quickly after that came the race to the bottom of big outdoor brands and it sort of eradicated the cool, you know, the kind of that hardware mm-hmm. specifically had. I mean, at that time, I mean, I was at the time I started right. going to outdoor retailer and hardware was still the coolest outdoor brand at the time. Is this kind of punch up, you know, you mentioned cha-ching, but is this, is this what hardware needs? Maybe also what kind of classic outdoor brand needs and gen- brands need in general? Well, I would agree with that for sure. I mean, I don't... It, Today, you have the opportunity to be a core category-specific type of brand and still reach out to broader audiences just by the nature of the internet and e-commerce and social media. Um, And so I think it's not enough to have just the right product for the right activity. You have to have a brand that engages people in their lives that are beyond just that core activity. So I think that that's exactly where they need Mm -hmm. to be, for sure. I definitely recommend checking out their website. It's a solid effort. It's modern, it's energized, and it's a it's a great take on a classic outdoor brand. Well, I've I've been on outdoor brands forever. I mean, like let's typically we're talking about the product on the show, the sustainability initiatives, or the lack of sustainability initiatives, those things. But also, like I don't know, I just I want to see more from outdoor brands from an engagement point of view. I want to go to websites and get excited, kind of like I used to get excited about brands thirty years ago. So even though it is a throwback. It just was nice to land on an on a classic outdoor brands website and have it be interesting. You know, that was kind of my big takeaway when I was looking at it. Right. Uh, you know what? Finally, an outdoor brand that didn't hit the snooze button. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> well, and while I have you and we're talking branding, I mean, I think I'd be remiss if we didn't kind of, you know, talk about a, the biggest branding story of the year. So the outdoor industry really lives inside its own heads and sort of gargles its own bullshit and that it only pays attention to itself and kind of rarely looks outside the industry to learn lessons and grow. 
But there was a big lesson taught to the world when it comes to branding this past summer by the company formerly known as Twitter uh, that rebranded to X. Um, now, you know, I've been on the record that, you know, I'm now officially off Twitter. I think it's become an absolute dumpster fire of a product. But I'd feel that way even if it was still called Twitter. So let's just talk. Let's put that part of it aside. If you were teaching marketing, uh, creative work, branding to a classroom of young, aspiring marketers, I mean, what would you tell them? What, what's the takeaway from the, t- the Twitter rebrand? Ah, uh, yes. X. Um the new standard for the dumbest brand strategy execution in corporate <laughs> history. Um, you, you see what I did there? Execution. Um, and that's saying a lot, man, because there's been a lot, there's a stiff competition for this honor. I mean, if you look just uh, in kind of the uh, category of WTF, the diet yeah. supplement AIDS from the 80s or oral me toothpaste or lemon barf detergent powder i mean wait are these all real these are real brands these are real no, brands yeah and uh oral they, the list me? keeps going and it <laughs> look you can't make this up Colin. you can't make this and, up uh, are you right, are you, if this, i google this, this you, are you full of shit right now are you serious i, I am not i am not this is oh a pretty God. dark place that this list goes well, to maybe elon um, wasn't so bad right maybe x is better uh, well Lightwell, to that point, the rebranding category also has its own uh, um, infamy, I should say. Uh, the, one, of the, one of the most uh, recent uh, known stories is The Gap, mm-hmm, right? In mm-hmm. 2010, The Gap, they changed their logo from the box, their serif gap lettering, iconic. Yeah, um, I can picture it in my head right for now. Something, right, they changed it for something that was more like a sans serif Helvetica with a little a little box in the corner. They called it generational, um, and which generational was corporate speak for bland and bad. And uh, they were forced, the outrage was so great, they were forced to switch within a week. They switched back and it cost them $100 million. But even these examples are not what I'd say Apple computers to Apple comparison, right? Because X wasn't just a logo refresh or an ill-advised launch, right? It uh, X achieves more than any of these other gems of destruction, and that is the loss of, let's just call it massive equity. Right. Millions, tens, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of brand equity built in global awareness and trust, you know, of the Twitter name and that cute little bird. And, you know, and look, they weren't, they weren't perfect in terms of that, that trust or what they were able to execute, but at least they were trying to shield our sensibilities what I would say of the mental hellscape that is social media. And I appreciate the effort and they put time to that. And that's just, you cannot just buy that type of, uh, of trust in a mark. It takes time and it takes, you know, this is a brand that had every media organization in the world putting their logo on their website, on their social handle, on their advertising, right? You just, it's just not something that you can, can reproduce. And so with the new X, you know, now, what you have is essentially is a, a mark of perversion uh, that is just symbolizing a, a place that is a, a wretched hive of scum and villainy, if you will, right? I mean, really, there is no friendly X. I mean, it's either poison, it's pornographic, or it marks the spot of hidden treasure, which is cool, but it's probably guarded by snakes. So, right. you know, that. <laughs> right. So. It's unbelievable. No, and that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up. And I mean, I, can't, I, mean, I just, what's, there's no other, I guess it's an interesting point. I like how you, you, you kind of spelled it out with the other bad branding mistakes. So, some of the bad branding mistakes of the last 30, 40 years, but none of them still is like, 
just holding it in your hand and then just take it out and throw it out I mean, and, Yeah, and, it's unprecedented. And then, it just, you know, we, we're just talking about that decision. It doesn't even get to the idea that this move was so impulsive that they ne- didn't even bother to check if they could use the mark. <laughs> could they own the mark? Right. And this is where you cue, you know, little bit players in the tech field like Microsoft and Google who have claims against this mark. Right. So. Right. There's that. We're going to see where that goes. And and I say, Colin, it's a sad day in rebranding history when I'm rooting for the lawyers to undo this tragedy. Good point. I, I, I have to say, I'm not usually on that side, but here I'm kind of fascinated to see where the IP discussion goes, because IP really, at the end of the day, is only created for lawyers to get wealthy. No one else benefits <laughs> from IP fights. Well, but and it's a, it's a good point to the, the, the work you have, just having worked at brands, and anytime you bring a new product out and you have to do your due, due diligence of like, well, who else owns this or what do you want to call it? I mean, I'm sure even back to the beginning of the conversation, Innovate, I'm sure they looked at, is there going to be an issue if we want to remove the hyphen, right? You know, just before I, I would, I would assume that they did that, that, that legwork. Before And that wasn't even really that much of a brand change, right? Well, and, and Colin, you know that the word innovate, to spell it out and put that on the side of a shoe would have required size 13s. So well, I, I think I they 13. were just... <laughs> I can wear innovate. <laughs> there you go. You and the basketball team. All right, man. Well, Booth, All thank right. you so much for coming on. I think anytime was one of these sort of branding things going on in the outdoor space, uh, we're definitely going to cover it here. I'd love to have you back on again in the future. I hope, hope you'd be willing to join us again in the future. Absolutely, Colin. I like you said. You know where to find me. I'm going to go to the ice machine and fill up my tub and uh, soak my feet uh, wearing these non-innovate with an eight shoes. What? <laughs> Maybe if, if you only had some talons, you might be. Uh, you could get through the hallways. If I only that. had some talons. <laughs> All right, Booth. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. All right, that's our show for today. Big thanks to my guest, Booth McIver. You can find more of his work on Instagram if you head to Trade Show Critic. That's at Trade Show Critic on Instagram. But before you move on to that other podcast you want to listen to, please give us a five-star rating as well as a follow or subscribe. Wherever you're listening to this, it's the single best way to help out the show. I truly appreciate it. Thank you for all of the support. Any comments on branding, outdoor or otherwise, send them on over to myrockflight at gmail.com. The Rock Fight is a production of Rock Fight LLC. Head to rockfight.co to learn more about Rock Fight LLC. I'm Colin True. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with more outdoor ideas that aim for the head. And here to take us out is Krista Makes from Less the Jake with the Rock Fight Fight Song. We'll see you next time, Rock Fighters. Rock fight.